0: deep breath and then another and as we breathe we're going to begin to quiet our minds thinking only with anticipation about the stories we're about to hear as you breathe relax your hands and your feet then move that relaxing feeling to your legs and arms Release any tension that you have in your limbs and let your torso sink deep into your mattress. Deep, deep, deep. One more deep breath and we're ready to begin. The Slenderman. The Slitter Man was created on June 10th, 2009 on a thread in the Something Awful Internet Forum. The thread was a Photoshop contest in which users were challenged to create paranormal images. Forum poster Eric Knudsen, under the pseudonym Victor Surge, contributed two black and white images of groups of children to which he added a tall, thin, spectral figure wearing a black suit. Although previous entries had consisted solely of photographs, Serge supplemented his submission with snatches of text, supposedly from witnesses, describing the abductions of groups of children and giving the character the name, the Slenderman. The quote under the first photograph read, We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them but his persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. The quote under the second photograph read, one of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanish and for what is referred to as the Slenderman. Deformity cited as filmed effects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 1986, photographer Mary Thomas, missing since June 13, 1986. These additions effectively transformed the photographs into a work of fiction. Subsequent posters expanded upon the character, adding their own visual or text contributions. Knudsen was inspired to create The Slenderman primarily by Zach Parsons, That Insidious Beast, Stephen King's The Mist, Reports of Shadow People, Mothman, and The Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Other inspirations for the character were the tall man from the 1979 film Phantasm, H.P. Lovecraft, the surrealist work of William S. Burroughs, and the survival horror video games Silent Hill and Resident Evil. Newton's intention was to formulate something whose motivations can barely be comprehended and which caused unease and terror in the general population. Other pre-existing fictional or legendary creatures, which are similar to the Slenderman, include the Gentleman, black-suited, Pell, bald demons from Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode "Hush," Men in Black. Many accounts of which grant them an uncanny appearance with an unnatural walk and Asian features. And The Question, a DC comic superhero with a blank face whose secret identity is Victor Sage, a name similar to Knudsen's alias, Victor Surge. In her book, Folklore, Horror Stories, and the Slenderman, the Development of an Internet Mythology, Professor Shira Chess of the University of Georgia connected the Slenderman to ancient folklore about fairies. Like fairies, the Slenderman is otherworldly, with motives that are often difficult to grasp. Like fairies, his appearance is vague and often shifts to reflect what the viewer wants or fears to see. And, like fairies, the Slenderman calls the woods and wild places his home and kidnaps children. The Slenderman soon went viral, spawning numerous works of fan art, cosplay, an online fiction known as Creepypasta, horror stories told in short snatches of easy copyable text that spread from site to site. Divorced from its original creator, the Slenderman became the subject of myriad stories by multiple authors within an overarching mythos. Many aspects of the Slenderman mythos first appeared on the original Something Awful thread. One of the earliest additions was added by a forum user, ThoroughUp, Up, who created a folklore story set in 16th century Germany, involving a character called Der Groben, which implied to be an early reference to Slenderman. The first video series involving the Slenderman evolved from a post on the Something Awful thread by user C. Gars. It tells of a fictional film school friend named Alex Crayley that stumbled upon something troubling while shooting his first feature-length project, Marble Hornets. The video series, published in found-footage style on YouTube, forms an alternate reality game describing the filmer's fictional experiences with Slenderman. The ARG also incorporates a Twitter feed and an alternate YouTube channel created by a user named to Theurk. As of 2013, Marvel Hornets has over 250,000 subscribers around the world and has received 55 million views. Other Slenderman-themed YouTube serials follow, including Everyman Hybrid and Tribe 12. In 2012, the Slenderman was adapted into a video game titled Slender, the eight pages. Within its first month of release, the game was downloaded over 2 million times. Several popular variants of the game followed, including Slenderman Shadow and Slenderman for iOS, which became the second most popular app download. The sequel to Slender, the eight pages, Slender the Arrival was released in 2013. Several independent films about The Slenderman have been released or are in development, including Entity and The Slenderman, released free online after a $10,000 Kickstarter campaign. In 2013, it was announced that Marble Hornets would become a feature film. Because The Slenderman's fictional mythology has evolved without an official canon for reference, his appearance, motives, habits, and abilities are not fixed but change depending on the storyteller. He is most commonly described as very tall and thin, with unnaturally tentacle-like arms, or merely tentacles, which he can extend to intimidate or capture prey. In most stories, his face is white and featureless, but occasionally his face appears differently to anyone who sees it. He appears to be wearing a dark suit and tie. The Slenderman is often associated with the forest and or abandoned location and has the ability to teleport. Proximity to the Slenderman is often said to trigger a slender sickness, a rapid onset of paranoia, nightmares, and delusions accompanied by nosebleeds. Early stories featured him targeting children or young adults. Some featured young adults driven insane or to act on his behalf, while others did not. And others claimed that investigating the Slenderman will draw his attention. The web series Marble Hornets established the idea of proxies, humans who fall under the Slenderman's influence, though initially they were simply violently insane rather than puppets of the Slenderman. Marble Hornets also introduced the idea that the Slenderman could interfere with video and audio recordings as well as the Slenderman symbol, which became a common trope of Slender fiction. Graphic violence and body horror are uncommon in the Slenderman mythos, and many narratives choose to leave the fate of his victims obscure. Shira Chess notes that it's important to note that few of the retellings identify exactly what kind of monster the Slenderman might be and what his specific intentions are. These points all remain mysteriously and usefully vague. Media scholar and folklorist Andrew Peck attributes the success of Slenderman to his highly collaborative nature because the character and its motives are shrouded in mystery users can easily adapt existing Slenderman tropes and imaginary to create new stories. This ability for users to tap into the ideas of others while also supplying their own helped ensure the collaborative nature that rose surrounding the Slenderman. Instead of privileging the choices of certain creators as canonical, this collaborative culture informally locates ownership of the creature across the community. In these respects, the Slenderman is similar to campfire stories or urban legends, and the character's success comes from enabling both social interaction and personal acts of creative expression. Although nearly all users understand that the Slenderman is not real, they suspend that disbelief in order to become more engrossed when telling or listening to stories. This adds a sense of authenticity to Slenderman performances and blurs the line between legend and reality, keeping the creature as an object of legend dialectic. This ambiguity has led some to the confusion over the character's origin and purpose. Only five months after its creation, George Nury's Coast to Coast AM, a radio call-in show, devoted to the paranormal and conspiracy theories, began receiving callers asking about the Slenderman. Two years later, an article in the Minneapolis Star Tribune described his origins as difficult to pinpoint. Eric Knudsen has commented that many people, despite understanding that the Slenderman was created on the Something Awful forums, still entertain the possibility that he might be real. Shira Chess describes the Slenderman as a metaphor for helplessness, power differentials, and anonymous forces. Peck sees parallels between the Slenderman and common anxieties about the digital age, such as feelings of constant connectedness and unknown third-party observation. Similarly, Ty Van Horn, a writer for The Elm, has suggested that the Slenderman represents modern fear of the unknown, in an age flooded with information, people have become so accustomed to ignorance that they now fear what they cannot understand. Troy Wagner, the creator of Marble Hornets, ascribes the terror of the Slenderman to his malleability. People can shape it into whatever frightens them most. Tina Marie Boyer noted that the Slenderman is a prohibitive monster, but the cultural boundaries he guards are not clear. Victims do not know when they have violated or crossed them. On May 31st, 2014, two 12-year-old girls in Waukesha, Wisconsin held down and stabbed a 12-year-old classmate 19 times. When questioned later by authorities, they reportedly claimed that they wished to commit a murder as a first step to becoming proxies for the Slenderman, having read about it online. They also stated that they were afraid that Slenderman would kill their families if they did not commit the murder. After the perpetrators left the scene, the victim crawled out of the woods to a roadway, a passing cyclist alerted authorities, and the victim survived the attack. Both attackers have been diagnosed with mental illnesses, but have also been charged as adults, and are each facing up to 65 years in prison. One of the girls reportedly said Slenderman watches her, can read minds, and could teleport. Experts testified in court that she also said she conversed with Lord Voldemort and one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. On August 1st, 2014, she was found incompetent to stand trial and her prosecution was suspended until her condition improved. On November 12, 2014, A doctor judged that her condition had improved enough for her to stand trial, and on December 19th 2014, the judge ruled that both girls were competent to stand trial. In August 2015, the presiding judge ruled that the girls would be tried as adults. They were tried separately. On August 21st, 2017, one of the girls, now 15, pleaded guilty to being a party to attempted second-degree homicide, but claimed that she was not responsible for her actions on grounds of insanity. Although prosecutors alleged that she knew what she was doing was wrong, the jury determined that she was mentally ill during the attack. She will spend at least three years in a mental hospital. On December 21st, Waukesha County Circuit Judge Michael Bowren sentenced Wire, then 16 years old, to be hospitalized for 25 years from the date of the crime, which would keep her institutionalized until age 37. In a statement to the media on June 4, 2014, Eric Knudsen said, I am deeply saddened by the tragedy in Wisconsin, and my heart goes out to the families of those affected by this terrible act. He stated that he would not be giving interviews on the matter. On September 25, 2017, it was reported that Morgan Geyser, then 15, had agreed to plead guilty to attempting to commit first-degree homicide in an arrangement that would allow her to avoid jail time. In terms of the arrangement, Geyser would remain at the mental hospital where she had been staying for the past two years for at least a further three years. On February 1st, 2018, the Associated Press reported that Kaiser had been sentenced to 40 years in the Wisconsin Mental Hospital, the maximum sentence allowed. The stabbing in Waukesha spawned a nationwide moral panic over Slenderman across the United States. Parents across the nation became worried about the potential dangers that stories about Slenderman might pose to their children's safety. Russell Jack, the police chief of Waukesha warned that the Slenderman stabbing should be a wake-up call for all parents, that the internet is full of dark and wicked things, a warning which numerous media outlets publicized. After hearing the story, an unidentified woman from Cincinnati, Ohio, told a WLWT-TV reporter in June 2014, that her 13-year-old daughter had attacked her with a knife and had written macabre fiction, some involving the Slenderman, who the mother said was motivated the attack. On September fourth, two 2014, a 14-year-old girl in Port Ritchie, Florida, allegedly set her family's house on fire while her mother and nine-year-old brother were inside. Police reported that the teenager had been reading online stories about Slenderman, as well as Atushi Akubo's manga, Soul Eater. Eddie Daniels of the Pasco County Sheriff's Office said the girl had visited the website that contains a lot of the Slenderman information and stories. It would be safe to say that there is a connection to that. During an early 2015 epidemic of suicide attempts by young people ages 12 to 24 on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, Slenderman was cited as an influence. The Oglala Sioux tribe president noted that many Native Americans traditionally believed in a suicide spirit similar to the Slenderman. Others Sioux described the big man as a messenger or sign warning that society is developing in a dangerous direction. A documentary film on the incident called Beware the Slenderman, directed by Irene Taylor Brodsky, was released by HBO Films in March, 2016, and was broadcast on HBO on January 23rd, 2017. The Wakisha stabbing and the negative media attention it generated irreversibly altered the Slenderman legend and the online community surrounding it. What had previously just been creepy horror meme to most people, suddenly acquired a new level of reality that most fans of Slenderman found horrifying. Meanwhile, by around the same time, the Slenderman character had lost much of its original popularity. Most of the original blogs that had once been devoted to Slenderman either shut down completely or became less popular. Slenderman's presence in mainstream popular culture also contributed to a decline in how frightening he seemed to many people. The late 2010s also saw an increase in benevolent portrayals of Slenderman, with many depictions of him from this period portraying him as an anti-hero, who protects victimized children from bullies, although often by violent means. In some portrayals of Slenderman from the late 2010s, he has a daughter named Skinny Sally, who is portrayed as a young girl covered in cuts and bruises. Slenderman sometimes is portrayed carrying Skinny Sally on his shoulders protectively. Lynn McNeil, assistant professor of folklore at Utah State University, observes that the increase in benevolent portrayals of Slenderman seems to have begun shortly after the stabbing in Waukesha, and states that this trend towards a benevolent Slenderman may be a reaction by fans of the character to the violence of the stabbing. Despite the decline in popular interest in Slenderman, commercial adaptations of the character continued. In 2015, the film adaptation of Marble Hornets, titled Always Watching a Marble Hornet Story, was released on VOD, where the character was portrayed by Doug Jones. In 2016, Sony Pictures subsidiary Screen Gems partnered with Mythology Entertainment to bring a Slenderman film into theaters with the title character portrayed by Javier Botet. The film generated considerable controversy soon after it was announced with many accusing the filmmakers of trying to capitalize off the Waukesha stabbings. Bill Wire, the father of Anissa Wire, stated, it's absurd that they want to make a movie like this. All we're doing is extending the pain of all three of these families. The progressive advocacy group, CARE2, created an online petition which received over 19,000 signatures demanding that the film not be released, labing, labeling the film as crass commercialism as its worst, and a naked cash grab built on the exploitation of a deeply traumatic event and the people who lived it. Sony representatives insisted that the film was based on the fictional character that had become popular online and not on the Waukesha staffing. Upon its release in August, 2018, the film Slenderman, despite being declared a box office bomb and receiving both little marketing and overwhelming negative reviews from critics, went on to grow several times its $10 million budget worldwide. David Ehrlich of IndieWire gave the film a D, writing a tasteless and inedibly undercooked serving of the internet's stalest creepy pasta. Slenderman aspires to be for the YouTube era of what The Ring was to the last gasps of the VHS generation. But there's one fundamental difference that sets the two ma- movies apart: The Ring is good, and Slenderman is terrible. Writing for The Verge, Carly Veloci called the Slenderman movie a knell in the coffin of a dying fandom. Several scholars have argued that despite being a fictional work with identifiable origin point, the Slenderman represents a form of digital folklore. Shira Chess argues that the Slenderman exemplifies the similarities between traditional folklore and the open source ethos of the internet and that, unlike those of traditional monsters such as vampires and werewolves, the fact that the Slenderman's mythos can be tracked and signposted offers a powerful insight into how myth and folklore form. Tress identifies three aspects of the Slenderman mythos that tie it to folklore. Collectivity, meaning that it is created by a collective rather than a single individual. Variability, meaning that the story changes depending on the teller and performance, meaning that the storyteller's narrative changes to reflect the audience's response. Andrew Peck also considers the Slenderman to be an authentic form of folklore and notes a similarity to emergent forms of offline legend performance. Peck suggests that the digital folklore performance extends the dynamics of face-to-face performance in several notable ways such as by occurring asynchronously, encouraging imitation and personalization, while also allowing perfect replication, combining elements of oral, written, and visual communication, and generating shared expectations for performance that enact group identity despite the lack of physically present group. He concludes that the Slenderman represents a digital legend cycle that combines the generic conventions and emergent qualities of oral and visual performance with the collaborative potential of networked communication. Jeff Tolber also accepts the Slenderman as folkloric and it suggests it represents a process he calls reverse ostension. Ostension in folkloristics is the process of acting out a folk narrative According to Tolbert, the Slenderman does the opposite by creating a set of folklore-like narratives where none existed before. It is an iconic figure produced through a collective effort and deliberately modeled after an existing and familiar folklore genre. According to Tolbert, this represents two processes in one. It involves the creation of new objects and new disconnected examples of experience, and it involves a combination of these elements into a body of traditional narratives modeled on existing folklore, but not wholly indebted to any specific tradition. Professor Thomas Pettit of the University of Southern Denmark has described the Slenderman as being an exemplar of the modern age's closing of the Gutenberg parenthesis. The time period from the invention of the printing press to the spread of the web in which stories and information were codified in discrete media to return to the older, more primal forms of storytelling, exemplified by oral tradition and campfire tales, in which the story can be retold, reinterpreted, and recast by different tellers, allowing the Lord to expand and evolve with time. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope that you're asleep.